Uh, okay, hi. So it's Carrie Johnston, and I'm recording today on the traditional territory of Champaign and Asiac First Nations in beautiful Dakwakata Haines Junction. And my guest today is Lauren Manikin Bay, the manager of innovation and entrepreneurship at Yukon University. And she's joining us today from Kwanlin Whitehorse on the traditional territory of Kwanlin Dun First Nation and on Kwachin Council. Welcome, Lauren. Never been on a podcast. This is quite an honor. I appreciate the invitation. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, so tell us a little bit about who you are as an entrepreneur and what it is that you do. Yeah, so I am 100% a wannabe entrepreneur at this point in my life. Um, we've had entrepreneurial escapes uh, in the past with my husband, but uh, today I wake up every day to serve entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship and the Yukon startup community. Uh, and it's awesome. One of the greatest jobs in the entire world. We at the university um, support innovators and entrepreneurs with funding, resources, expertise, and we just launched Incubate North, which is the only regional incubator in Canada right now. And it's opening, uh, applications are open today, but they open in January, or the, the space opens in January. And we uh, grew up in a family of entrepreneurs from grandparents down to parents, down to brothers. My brother and sister are entrepreneurs as well. And my husband's a serial entrepreneur. We met in France and uh, moved to Chicago. When we moved to Chicago, we stopped drinking wine because um, in the States you drink beer and there's a whole craft beer movement. So we got into, in Chicago, this craft beer movement. And then Patrick, my husband came home one day and he's like, what do you think about starting a brewery? I said, sure, where do you want to go? So we went back to Baltimore, which is my hometown. And we started and sold a brewery. And then after we um, looked at each other and said, what's next? And he said, what do you think about the Yukon? I said, sure, I don't know where that is, but let's move to the Yukon. So we moved to the Yukon. And my first job was with Jarrett Slip at Uconstruct as we um, embarked on the building of Northlight Innovation, which is the only community innovation hub north of 60. And then now I am with the university supporting innovation entrepreneurship for innovators, entrepreneurs, students, uh, Yukon community at large. What is uh, Incubate North? What does that mean? Yeah, so uh, we have been, you can start in us and Denonate Ventures and Tech Yukon and that be for as long as um, but much longer than that in partners in partnership with the government of Yukon Economic Development and CANOR, really looking at what gaps exist in the ecosystem so that you could come and kind of land in Yukon and go from just an idea all the way through scaling a business. And one of the gaps in the ecosystem is this idea of incubation. And if you think about it just as if you were eggs in a carton or eggs and you're incubating under a heat lamp. We have designed this 12 to 18 month program to support entrepreneurs that are at a place where they can grow significantly in a consolidated amount of time or a short amount of time with additional support. So we're at Northlight, but we're also incubating uh, outside of the of Whitehorse. So you could live in Old Crow or in Watson Lake, and we virtually can surround you and your business with the support that it needs to essentially get from one place to the next. So maybe you are really awesome in selling in Yukon and you want to go around Canada, or maybe you've already figured out the Canadian market and you want to go even bigger, or maybe you're looking to start seeking investments and you need to learn that whole trade. So uh, that's what Incubate North is. Oh, that, that's really exciting. So that's, and that starts in January, like the full program? Yep. If you're interested, check out uh, 
yukonu.ca backslash innovation. And on the bottom, you'll see more information about Incubate North. You can give us a call and we can give you more information. But if you have a business that you're ready to grow significantly, you're already customer facing, then this program could be for you. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it sounds like you've been developing this program for a while. because So you've been developing this through the pandemic. What are you learning about the business model of INE during a pandemic? We've learned so much. We were given the incredible opportunity really from Canor and then government of Yukon uh, to step in significantly just a couple weeks into the pandemic. We got a call on a Friday afternoon from Carly at Canor and said, I'm giving you guys the weekend to essentially develop a program that is going to serve businesses, small businesses during this crazy time. No one knows what's going on, but we've got to figure out something to, to create a space to hold, hold for them. So we created this program called Pivot, but within that weekend, our team called, I remember 12 folks from around the country saying, if there's one program, how, what would you design to create something to support businesses during this time of need? So Carrie, you were a part of that. And um, by the end of this three month Pivot program, folks came in and we helped them redesign or revisit their norms so that they could hopefully jump over the, the hurdle. And we uh, accepted 75 businesses, 25 of them were outside of, the, uh, outside of Whitehorse, which is a really big deal and employed 30 some coaches. It was a really huge success. So we were able to develop our areas of expertise, our partnerships and the greatest part was being able to immediately give back to the community in a really significant way in one of the, cra or the craziest time, one of the craziest times that we've experienced in our lifetime. And then that was able to propel us to support TIA and WTA, so two tourism industry associations that to build the Elevate program, which is the program similar to Pivot, but for the tourism industry. And then I think that our team is just really in a space of, and we, I, I talk about it all the time, in the art of not knowing. It hasn't been cool to not know in the past. Right now, not knowing is maybe one of the greatest things that I love about my job. First of all, we're in innovation and no one knows what's going to, what tomorrow's going to hold. We all have great big ideas. So being in this and actively practicing and, and as a leader coaching that not knowing is actually cool and even showing up in a space super authentic and, and, and claiming that you don't know all the answers, but you can know them in partnership and bringing folks together and, and encouraging communication and asking folks what they think. What do you need? Um, uh, if you were me, what would you do? And who else should I talk to about this? It's just been amazing. And, and the, the outcome of that is that everyone feels like an owner. Carrie, I hope you feel like an owner of Pivot and the 30 others of us that every single week got together and said, what do we, what should we do next? What's working, what's not working? Let's redesign this. And then everyone has on their resume, all these things, Pivot and Elevate. Um, so, We've learned a lot about our business model and I feel like we are stronger in, in particular because we have an army behind us of folks that are supporting our vision. I would, I would certainly say that in a testament to, to the style of leadership within INE and, and how your team operates because it certainly felt like we were all co-conspirators and co-collaborators in bringing that program into being. And, and I think, uh, you know, when we all feel like we're part of it, then we all want to see it succeed so, so much. And I, and I think that's one of the reasons why it did. Oh my gosh, Karen, you completely melt my heart. That is like my goal for my career is that 
you, people say things like that. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. It was it was a real pleasure to be a part of the the initiation of the program. It was a lot of fun. So, what are you learning about Yukoners through all of this? So much, but I'm not sure that I didn't have every faith in Yukoners from the beginning. I have been blessed to travel and live and work and play in 28 countries in my kind of life and career, thanks to parents that pushed me out to be a child of the world and then a job for eight years where I took people on vacation for a living. And then when I first landed in Yukon, I think there's a feeling uh, of this place. Um, the magic sauce that I'm actually, that we're actually in Carrier, part of the Innovation Entrepreneurship Advisory Council that we're talking about, how do we spread this innate innate tenacity, grit, um, community, this, this space of um, wanting to do things collaboratively that the Yukon is so natural in, and then the really hard work that Yukoners have done in reconciliation and, and the growth of self-governments um, for indigenous peoples, First Nation peoples, um, and uh, the amount of respect and the, the, the work that we're doing together to create a better territory. There's something magical here that, that in all of the places that I've traveled, I haven't seen. So we're working on, actually people have been working on for a really long time. John Glenn Morris has an awesome project around the Yukon story and kind of putting, putting into papers who we are and what we are and start to shout it out to the world. So a lot of really neat things are happening. Um, and I've just it's reinforced how strong the Yukoners are. I mean, who comes to the Yukon with six hours of daylight in the winter and people love it. <laughs> minus 40 is like that, we probably shouldn't go outside today, but minus 39. <laughs> I think Yukoners are the coolest people on earth. I have to agree. There's something, there's something really magical about this place. And it's, I think, um, you know, figuring out how to collaborate, that collaborative spirit that, uh, that you brought together and pivot that comes from you know, we're, we're learning how to do that so well or, or, and getting better at it because of the final agreements, what it means to live within, you know, traditional territory of many First Nations and, and to be building and, you know, I, the, the final agreements are social innovation and action and to get to, to get to live and breathe and learn and grow in that space is a tremendous opportunity for any entrepreneur. It's, what it's, 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 God, Carrie, you're so concerned. I, 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 it's, 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 it's amazing. And actually we are getting phone calls regularly around what's going on in the North. We even have calls, um, most recently, a project that we're trying to put together with leaders in Silicon Valley. Like whatever's happening up there, we want to be a part of it and be able to support it because of everything that you've just said. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. It's <laughs> not easy. It's a lot of deconstruction of self. It's a, it's not an easy process, but it's, a. Uh, I think it's the world that we all want to build, right? And that's something that we've taken those initial steps for here. Especially in this day and age, gracious, yeah, thank you. So what are you learning about leadership? Mm, this has been an amazing two years. I feel like I've come into my leadership uh, space and I've well, still got a long way to go. In, um, in this role in the university. I have one of the greatest bosses in the world, Sheila Rolls, who has really helped shape um, me. I spent, I, I spent a lot of time looking in, inside and, and, and evaluating and cross-examining and 
um, questioning how I'm showing up in the world. I have forever. It's been a, a piece of me. Um, and then I spent a bunch of time with Jennifer England in this transformational leadership program. She's a coach in Whitehorse. She's amazing. And I feel like the greatest piece, one of the greatest pieces that I've really come to understand and practice is, is the excitement about saying that something amazing came out of our team and our, our institution and our territory. And it wasn't me. I, I'm at the helm of this amazing team where I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, CEOs in each of their roles. Um, but the coolest piece is when I'm not on the radio or not the quote in the press release. And it's someone from the team that really put their heart and soul into it. So I love the idea of co-ownership. Pivot, Incubate North, the Advisory Council are all proof of those pieces. And it's, and it's I just have lived with the greatest team ever. Um, adaptability has been really big, showing up as a leader, COVID, just being a mom of a little seven-year-old time and her looking at me at the same time as we're building Pivot and it's 15 hours a day. She's like, mom, can we play? I'm like, I'm on the phone, sorry, kid. That was crazy time. Um, as a leader, I am, and, and probably drive my team and probably my boss a little bit crazy on this, but I have utter faith in the impossible. If something's impossible, I am so drawn to it. Um, and I think some of the things that we're gonna be working on, Carrie, you and I together more is like, how do you build a program that is actually one of the first programs in the nation to show up as a recover in, a, in the space of recovery in 72 hours? No one could have thought that was possible, especially from an institution like UConn, you conspired for that program. Um, the people at the university that are part of our team are just so amazing. So as a leader, letting go of ego, as you can like tell by I'm talking, I'm, I'm checking my ego every single day. Why did that just show up? Or what's that little twing? And, and, and trying to get rid of um, any traces of, I want credit for it, or it's about me or anything. I'm super open to feedback. I'm constantly asking the team, what do you think? How can I serve you better? Um, is there anything we can do to make this even more of a greater job in the entire world? I'm super strengths based as a leader. Um, I want to know what you're awesome at and what's going to make this the greatest job in the world. And I want to take away the things that make it not the greatest job in the world and find someone else to do it. So I love leadership. I didn't know I loved it. I loved it. And it's really hard too. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that, that aspect of feedback up. One of the things like when we were right in the the heat of it, the first, you know, the, these early weeks of the pandemic and the pivot program was coming together and you were looking for insight and advice. I remember coming away from a couple of meetings uh, where we were asked for input and thinking, man, they're good at taking feedback, even when we're like pooping all over their parade right now. And they are so good at taking feedback and setting the place for receptive, for the reception and, and the delivery of feedback. And I just, I, I, um, you know, I, I want that for more spaces in our lives and in our world to be open to that space of learning and growing. So, and, and that wasn't from you, that was from your team. So you're setting a good, a good place for that to happen. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. I do think that it's a, some of these things are things that lack and I, I see around lack in leadership around is the giving space for other people to shine and um, to show up as a person, like all of us have to get better every single day to be able to reach our ultimate purpose. I've got our faith in the universe. And if we're not 
able to be open like that, then I think we're, I think we're missing out as individuals. I love the validation. Thank you. I love that the team is, uh, we're all doing it. So, uh, so you're, you've got Incubate North coming. How else are you thinking about sort of the business model of INE differently with, with all that you've learned over the last eight months? Yeah. Um, so we have spent a lot of time, obviously, constantly looking at the services that we provide. And in the last couple of years, since we've all kind of been this new team together, we've changed a lot of the things that we do and the approaches that we approach the business. So we're always trying to fill gaps, what's missing in ecosystems, be able to support entrepreneurs where they are. We are becoming master networkers. We really figured out this idea that in order to excel and give every single opportunity possible to folks in the Yukon as they're growing their business and diversifying their skills is that the more networks that we have outside of Yukon, the more, the stronger chance it will be for people to stay here and build their businesses. So who's in Silicon Valley that's a phone call away? Um, what kind of mentors are doing the same type of work that we're doing in major cities or even rural uh, places? Entrepreneur uh, is doing an incredible job um, partnership with Makeway Canada and those guys have networked around the nation. So, so really figuring that and then also figuring out where the gaps are in entrepreneurship um, in, uh, for entrepreneurs. When you go in with an idea, usually folks, all of us have this skill set that makes this idea grow. And at some point when the idea is getting big enough, our skill set or our strengths aren't strong enough. So how do we, and we've been looking at essentially entrepreneurs that come into our space for support, how do we surround them? And we call it wraparound services, surround them with the supports that complement their skill set so that the businesses can actually can grow and thrive. And then I believe, especially now with COVID, that um, in innovation entrepreneurship can transcend industries. Um, the idea of intrapreneurship. So large institutions, Northwest Health, Hospital Corp, Yukon Energy, academia, is how do we become um, innovators in spaces like that? Uh, so those businesses could come and come, come with big ideas or big problems um, we can have hackathons for them and design jams for them. You construct is really awesome at that. But then how about like, what if Northwest Tells sent somebody into this incubator? Someone from each territory actually. Um, and they come into the incubator and they're looking at you, Northwest Tell or anybody, all these larger, larger institutions or big problem statements and how do they become innovative in their larger structures? So uh, I, think, I think this is only propelling us to think bigger and wider and network even more and, and and that's what we're going to be encouraging, I think, folks to do and create programs to be able to do those things. Uh, so then I guess, what advice do you have for emerging entrepreneurs right now? I would say the most successful entrepreneurs that we have seen are the folks that are fear-facing. It is terrifying to be an entrepreneur. And if you're scared, it means you're doing something right. <laughs> Like check yourself super deeply and figure out what that fear is and figure out why it is. Um, and, and, and also the most, and, and then they've gone and tackled it. Um, don't go at it alone. There's so much support in the Yukon. And I think a bunch of the other folks that you've been talking to have been expressing the same piece. Entrepreneurs that uh, there's the, there's inevitably almost daily there's opportunities to kind of spiral down in the entrepreneur world but those that are thriving are really ones that are embracing the problem and then finding solutions and building community around getting to the next step again there's a bunch of constructors doing incredible stuff with their pathfinding services and their boot camp on Denony ventures 
l'association franconaise you connaissez la fille the french association <laughs> sorry french friends uh franco you connais uh has a bunch has, has some services as well incubate north innovation entrepreneurship we have funds if you have next big innovative idea we have funds to support you to grow that idea and all of this is on behalf of the governments that believe so much in the work that we're doing at northlight and are enabling opportunities like this so there is an army behind you if you're spiraling down come over we're good cheerleaders free coffee <laughs> we want to hang out i think that's always that's that's sometimes my mantra like if it was easy it would already be done so that's, yeah, that's why we're here it's going to be hard yeah embrace the impossible it's mm. so fun Uh, so have you picked up any new skills over the last eight months? Any opportunities for lifelong learning for you? Yeah, I, I, I said it a million times, but I so believe in it, but working intently with partners and stakeholders, like that's just was so validated. And we just got this partnership with TD Bank, um, $400,000, the first time they've invested in the Yukon like this to partner with us and incubate North. And it's a huge bank that's behind all of these people. And it's so exciting and they're so pumped about it. Um, but really this idea also of showing up as a listener, drop your ego, drop your stories, drop you, everything you think is possible, build from what you've learned, measure it. And Carrie, we did this every single week with Pivot, measure it, learn from what you've done and then start again. Listen, build, measure, learn, listen, build. And this is something that Josh, Callahan and Andy Dye from out front have partnered with us to kind of learn. We are also actively involved in, in exploring with the university and partners at Brookfield University and Ryerson, the future of work. Uh, how are we preparing entrepreneurs and those that may be unemployed now and future students and even K through 12 for what the future looks like and how do we in the Yukon ensure that we are educating in those. So hopefully we'll jump in a little bit more in, and a little bit more with the uh, with Department of Education in partnership with Economic Development, uh, the new business administration degree at the university is a huge opportunity to bring studying students down to Northlight to see the work that we're doing. So there is a lot, but new skills is really how do I, how can I create a pathway? And how can we as INE create a pathway for the future of students in the territory? And That's a lot. You you take on a lot in your in in your your role and in what you guys are doing, trying to connect, you know, all things innovation and entrepreneurship in the north and build our, our future talent. So how are you keeping yourself well? What's keeping you grounded? For sure, if you believe in the impossible, you're never gonna settle down because you're driven to it. I am um well, I said earlier, just this constant like self-help stuff. How can I be a better human? How can I serve in better ways? I am on, a, oh, I didn't meditate this morning. I'm on a meditation kick though. This is, I'm close to kind of the first like 20 days in a row and it's the game changer for me. Spending time outside, which so many of your folks have answered, um, really trying to find, um, trying to understand for me. And it's a, it's a little bit of an alternative concept, but the yin and the yang, and the alpha and the omega and the energy that you show up in the world. I have typically been very um, outgoing and um, 
boisterous in my desires and I'm, I'm an activator. So if I have an idea, I'm definitely going to ask for forgiveness before I ask for permission, but not because I don't want to. It's just, we're going to get something done and it's the coolest idea ever. Oh, look, that might not have been a good move. Um, so really understanding how I'm showing up in the world and when I become a receiver and then when I actually push. So I'm really trying to figure out who I am in my space and what's going to, again, be the most effective use of my energy. Um, yoga. So I'm on, a, I'm on an alternative kick now and it's been really, really enriching. I, I felt that certainly as well, or maybe part of it when the pandemic first came because I'm such a doer. So I'm like, okay, so we need this and I'll do this and start up all these things, right? Because it's like, I wanna put that, um, that energy into, into the doing because that's, that's kind of where I like to rest. And so now I think my focus is a little bit more on the being and ensuring that that energy that I'm taking or that you know the intention that I'm bringing to all that doing is reflective of how I want to show up in the world as well. Thank you, Carrie. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, any aha moments for you? Any sort of big life-changing or, or worldview shifts? Yes. The Black and Indigenous Lives Matter movement took me for a pretty big deep dive. I think it, it the struggles that we continue in 2020 to face um, are, are mind boggling to me. And the upset happening and being a French American and seeing the stuff that's happening in the States and the divide um, and the fear and the upset is, is really tough. But and maybe even harder now that I'm in a position of leadership, that I'm holding space for a team and in some ways in partnership with a bunch of other folks and in industry as far as the innovation entrepreneurship space and what is our role, especially in a territory that is so interconnected. And, and uh, the, that, that other, the, the additional conversation and the, and, and the international kind of attention to that space around um, equality and justice and peace and people's hearts and my desire to honor each human for who they are and what they are and what they can be for the world and just seeing the pain is super tough. So we, I didn't bring them with me. Um, Bob Joseph is an author and uh, that has written a handful, a, a handful of books in relation to understanding how to work with indigenous partners and how to do it. And he's an indigenous leader down South. So I bought two books for the entire staff, put it on their desks. So while we're not in high school anymore and I can't require reading of my adult colleagues, uh, that one's that those couple have been a big one. Are we doing everything we can to create a space that is accessible and open to everyone that is in the territory? And we are building our programs in concert with those values to ensure that what we do is accessible to all folks and re-examining the elements of our program to ensure that from application to conversation to how we portray ourselves on the website um, and then how we're giving away the support that we have is is available so it's been um it's it's rocked me and continues to and it's part of the work that we're doing with the advisory council is to to push really hard to make sure we're doing this better than we ever have What are, you know, the Yukon or, you know, globally economies have sort of shut down and it's kind of given us a moment to reflect and think differently about what, you know, the values of our economic systems are. 
What are some of your hopes for sort of what the Yukon looks like in the years to come? The one, the, the, again, we think about this every single day. I hope, you're gonna like, probably gonna guess this. I hope that partnership, <laughs> all I talk about, <laughs> partnership is required. Don't apply to anything ever again if you're doing it alone. Um, there are too many people that believe in the same things and actually too many silos in this territory that are not, I believe, not sorry, in this world that are preventing us from doing even bigger and better and greater and more impactful. Um, so for me, I hope that in the future, everything is done in partnership and we figure that out. Um, that the organizations that have the same vision and the same direction, the same beliefs are advancing together. I hope that we can keep COVID distant. We are living a dream here. Um, businesses are still open and, and I think doing really well for the most part are small businesses. And I hope that we can keep the pandemic out through the holiday season until we have greater line, greater sight into the future. Um, yeah. So part of why Yukon's doing so well are, is, is because we've got the safe six in place and we've, we've had them early on, you know, keep your distance and don't travel. And if you do, you know, you've got to self-isolate if you travel outside of our mobility bubble and things like that. Which of the safe six are you finding the hardest to apply in your daily life? Keeping my distance. <laughs> I just pet people. I want to hug people. I want to, I just shook someone's hand the other day and it felt so awesome. Um, I've been scolded. We were in a meeting with some folks as we were building Elevate and I like got scolded for like just touching. I can't wait to touch. Um, Carrie, when we talked about this last, you talked about family and wanting and, and, and how hard it is to be far away. And that's, um, it'll be a year in December since we've seen anyone outside of kind of Skype and FaceTime. So reconnecting, being able to travel more freely and welcome people back into the territory more freely and then just like wrapping people up in my arms. Can't, I, I miss that, that's the hardest one for me. It, uh, those are both really hard ones, aren't they? I mean, they're all hard. They're so simple and yet so hard. Yeah, yeah. Any books, podcasts, music, movies, what's getting you through these days that you'd recommend? Yes, thank you, Netflix, for being a thing. Um, I re—I jumped back into The Alchemist. Uh, it's, it's not a long book, but The Alchemist is a book that it just, I feel like I'm so much that story, that book. Um, so it felt really good to go back into that and, and reconnect with kind of some of the, my why and how I show up in the world. Uh, Glennon Doyle's book Untamed is a really cool book too. I really enjoy her. My brother Tebow, um, also an entrepreneur, uh, he has a podcast carry. You met him called Larger Than Yourself that I'm obsessed with. Please check that out. It's such a cool story about living beyond what you ever thought was possible and the idea of creating movements. It's been amazing. And then yeah, I did listen to Tracy Chapman the other day again, um, and her song Revolution in this time of this world was really cool, like dug down into my soul, but uh, yeah, those are just a few. And then Bob Joseph's books again, really 
helpful. All great recommendations. Thank you. Thanks so much for your time today, Lauren. Very so awesome. Congratulations on this podcast. I'm so proud to be even a small part of what you have built here and, and sharing with the world really who Yukoners are. It's been really awesome. So I'm honored to have been a part of it. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. And thanks for helping. Well, I mean, you were the initiate, you were the seed of initiation on this podcast because you called and you texted and said, can you just make some video do something? And I was like, oh, I'm a doer. I'll do something. Girl, you sure did. Pandemic. What do you do? I'll call my accountant and film it. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you blew it up here. I wasn't expecting this, but you blew it up. Well, thanks so much, Lauren. Have a great day. Bye.